Empty your mind. Be formless. Shapeless. Like water. Now if you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Put it into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or creep or drip or crash. Be water, my friend. so busy today and uh i i honestly have not i haven't even watched news or tv or anything today i've been just completely busy i've been pretty much gone all day yeah same here well, i was in ghost chat earlier that was a frustrating one i don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to that one he was uh his topic was i think originally going to be as Second Amendment content creators, if we have a responsibility in our content or something uh, to the audience or to the second or to ourselves or something. So I think that was the concept of the show. And it it kind of went off in different areas based on everybody's replies and answers and stuff. So uh, it was definitely uh, when I had to bite my tongue most of the time, just listen. I'm going to go back if I have the chance. And uh, that's the kind of show where I could go back and just play it slowly and either do another live show and just address the points or I was thinking uh, just make some notes and there's a couple of things in there where I just didn't want to stop the flow of the conversation and you know interrupt but uh, you know I had definitely 180 degree views from some of the stuff that they were saying in there based off yeah of I'm gonna have to go watch that now I completely you know like I said I've been so busy uh, today I completely missed it so I'm gonna really I'm gonna have to go check it out I think it was like an hour, so it wasn't a long, long one or anything. Uh, Cycle, did you say you were going shooting today? 
still working on his mic. Um, yeah, cycle. Just so you know, if you're trying to talk to us, so we can't hear you. I, you're too low. Oh, I'm muted. You're not muted, but we're not hearing a thing at all. So, not sure if you're trying or not. Um, so it's Tuesday, so we're going to dig into Second Amendment topic, and this is cycle or this is uh, cycle camps topic. So, uh, it's going to be super frustrating for him to have to listen to us. So, uh, our state bans on hollow point ammo constitutional. So this is supposed to be an effort in new media. So it's not just us telling you our theories. Uh, there's other shows you can listen to if you just want to be lectured. But uh, this is all about a conversation. So we're watching the comments on the gun channel side. And I guess we obligatorily have to watch the comments on the YouTube side because they happen. But uh, we are paying attention to the people. There's 20 people joining us now. Uh, if you're listening to this in the future and you, we'd say something or you want to add to it, of course, you can leave comments. But feel free to email us dailygunshow at gmail.com. So, uh, Dead Horse, where do you think about this? And we kind of mentioned it yesterday to kind of get everybody's brains on it. Uh, are state bans on hollow point ammo constitutional? Do you feel? No, they're not constitutional because the, you know, the right to keep and bear arms, part of arms is ammunition. And I don't think, I personally, I don't think one projectile is more deadlier than another. I really don't. I, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I think it's a uh, kind of like a myth almost that necessarily like hollow point ammo is like so much more dangerous than just a full metal jacket, I, you know, or a slug. I mean, I, I don't think a lot of these people have like, have seen the data on what just a hard cast lead slug does and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So I think it's a, a kind of a, worn out myth that this hollow point ammo is like just so much more deadly or effective or something that it needs to be banned or regulated in any way, shape or form. Then in a lot of cases, if anything, I think it can even be ineffective and more ineffective than a full metal jacket. So I, I just don't see that coming from that side, like actually shooting the stuff. I, I just don't see the, like where they're coming up with like what data they're using to say it's so bad that it needs to be banned in the first place. Well, the data is from um, sources that are based on an agenda, right? Because they're not science. Uh, if anything, the point is safer. It's, I mean, it's designed to lose its energy on the first target, the first thing that it hits on impact. So like you said, it's ineffective sometimes because we sometimes need it to go beyond the first thing that it hits, like a leather jacket. Uh, you know, wouldn't necessarily be as effective as if something could go through a leather jacket. On the other hand, uh, hollow point isn't going to go through walls and stuff. Uh, so it's not going to go through refrigerators and through uh, much because it starts to get misshapen and lose mass quickly and it loses all its energy. Yeah, and as soon as a bullet starts to tumble, it loses energy really quick. So a lot of times, I mean, they can, they're definitely designed to lose their damage, lose their energy by distributing their mass, or at least one of the functions is physically, you know, coming apart and losing their mass into the material that they hit. And that can be potentially and considered more deadly because you have, instead of a wound channel, you have, I guess, fragments or something. And again, I think that's not necessarily based on science and, and like research on data as much as perception. And I believe that perception is influenced by agenda based more than uh, factual based. But uh, the point though, so that's like why hollow point specifically, but I think we could just as easily fill in anything with ammo, right? Like hollow point or 
calibers. I mean, what about hunting regulations? I don't know if you throw that in there, but you know, they'll say you can't hunt with uh, center fire. You can't hunt with uh, you know a tapered a bottleneck car cartridge. Right. You can only hunt with the straight wall cartridge. Rules like that just don't, that don't even make sense. Well, they make total sense. I mean, they make sense in the realm of you've got millions of people that you're trying to roughly organize without you know managing every single person individually. You're putting some general rules out there that either people have abused or that could potentially be an issue. But yeah, I mean, all rules should be scrutinized, but I can understand the idea. It's like fishing, suggesting that there should be no fishing rules. I mean, that would work great, except you'd have empty lakes pretty quick. If there was no regulation at all of the shared resources we've got. Um, so anyway, so I can, you know, when we start talking about our state uh, laws, constitutional, um, you know, it's, I think I'm not a constitutional lawyer at all, but I'm familiar with the Second Amendment for sure, and I think I understand the concept of how it works, but um, that concept that the states are allowed to do anything that the Constitution doesn't co cover, um, what is that, the ninth or the 14th? And then um, uh, the idea that, that we are a group of states that are individual, they're not nations, but they're states, so they have uh, some ability to experiment, and we can uh, that's how we evolve to find the best results or the results that work best for a region or for a place or a uh, climate or whatever the circumstances are in an area. You know, federal laws wouldn't work in a country, don't always work, rarely work in a country that spans as much physical space as we've got, spans as much culture because we have a very mixed country, right, with culture, uh, and then ages and like how new they are to being a free, you know, uh, family or fram, uh, free, you know, uh, I guess, uh, uh, you know, how, how long they've been here. You know, a couple of generations in, people are a little different than somebody who immigrates and, you know, their first generation uh, free. So um, we've got so many different people doing so many different things that uh, I like the idea of states having some ability to have individual, I don't know, quote unquote experiments, right? So, uh, we can see what works and what in theory doesn't work or what in theory works, but in fact doesn't work like we see with Chicago and, and LA. Yeah, but, but even when it doesn't work, sometimes they're so gun ho about and still pushing it because somehow they're making money off of it or it's benefiting them some way. So that experiment in Chicago failed long ago, but they're still, they haven't stopped, right? They haven't woken up and said, Oh, Hey, this doesn't work. Let's change. Like I haven't seen that come yet. So sometimes it can kind of be a black hole that you, that these states get into if they're going to start experimenting with laws, basically to see what works and what doesn't. And uh, and, and, and it's not fair because the people that live in those experiments, quote unquote, it's easy to sit in a place that's not being experimented on and talk about how they're <laughs> a healthy experiment when they're in misery or tyranny. And, and these people obviously have some sort of agenda with the hollow point ammo. I just have a really hard time. It's just one more little piece that they can try to take away because that's what it's come down to. They're like, oh, let's not like it, we can't take all the guns, but it, we're just going to take a little piece here, a little piece there and restrict them down. And and, and pretty soon we're going to be left with like nothing but 22s. And then after that, we're going to be left with nothing but air guns. And then even that's going to be regulated, just like England. That's how that's how it started over there. And a lot of the countries in Europe that have a lot of tight gun registrations, it just wasn't taken in one fell swoop. It, it was a lot of little pieces at a time. 
20 you know, over the years. Huh? So, are the caliber I've done research in 22s of the caliber that kills more human beings than any other caliber in all of history. And I've also done the research a child, a little baby child, can carry around 500 rounds of 22 ammos. So that's the most violent and most deadly ammo. If you have no interest or no uh, awareness of what you're talking about, 22 could be described as the most deadly of all ammos. Can you realize how many 22s you can fit into a drinking straw and put those into a in, anywhere where you can put a drinking straw and then just carry those bullets around? Oh. Well, and I read an article in the uh, National uh, in the Rifleman magazine from the NRA. That uh, that stated that the twenty that more deer have been taken with the twenty two long rifle than all other calibers combined since the inception of the United States. I don't feel like more than a twenty two to kill a deer. So yeah, take all those other guns away, and then get rid of the twenty two because it's the most the most violent of bullets. Well, but I I still have a real hard time where they're coming up with this hollow point stuff. Why why they're you know what they're saying why it's so much more deadlier than anything else because what's the most popular handgun caliber people are carrying with hollow point ammunition right nine millimeter right no. and what does nine millimeter what does nine millimeter hollow point try to do it tries to open up to the size of a 45 right that's what every nine millimeter is designed to do is try to equal a 45. look at and, it and and then you can just take a 45 slug it doesn't even got to open up <laughs> it's already 45 diameter it's you know so like that's only, only one characteristic of the hollow point. The thing that they, the reason they go after hollow point, I believe, is because of the black talons and the campaign yes. in the 80s to go after the cop killers. So when they created a bullet with a Teflon, basically a coating, so that it wouldn't, you know, build up in the rifling or whatever the, you know, the jacket of the copper wouldn't, or the copper of the jacket wouldn't build up in the rifling so much. You know, obviously that got out into the. Uh, uh, news media as the cop killer. It was Teflon coated so that it could go through police armor. And they got to play with the lack of awareness of the word armor. So when they say armor piercing, and then they show a picture of a tank, people think armor, they think tank, they think motorized vehicle, you know, they think crew, you know, crew vehicles. And uh, when, of course, they're talking about soft armor, and the effectiveness of it, effectiveness of it in real life was again, like you said, the hollow point is ineffective for penetrating anything, so it didn't. But that's where it comes from, and I believe it came from a pretty wicked campaign there that was effective for the antis because it got the NRA right in the middle of uh, uh, gun debate or a debate on the the gun side. You know, the, the gun people were again fractured between I want everything and there should definitely be regulation on cop killer bullets and i mean i guess there were hollow points but it wasn't like today where everyone had just a massive conversation going on all the time and access to this conversation that's archived so uh i think it was probably pretty easy for people to go oh i'll just go back to ball you know big deal hollow point there's only probably three or four versions of hollow point readily available at most stores anyway yeah, like, and most most fuds wouldn't use them. Most fuds would use soft points, or uh, what do you call it? Um, flat um, wide cutters. Wide cutters were the hollow points back in the day. So I think it was a an appealing fracture, and they knew that they could tug on that that frayed cord in the community, and they got mileage from it. And it 
lessened, you know, it, it fractured our community and our uh, cohesiveness. So I think that's why they picked it that one. After the, the awareness and after the knowledge of like all the stuff you mentioned, there's nothing's incorrect about what you said. And once police start using it, it's really difficult to start saying it's demonized to demonize a thing that the police are using to shoot at you. You know, if you're you either got to be anti-cop or you got to be anti-hollow point. Once the police start carrying hollow points, you you don't get to divide us as easily. So I think that's why it left. And then you get all the marketing and everything. And now it's, I mean, now it's not even cool to carry around a ball ammo. Everybody carries hollow points and everything just about. Yeah, and that, that was another reason that I, I brought the topic up because it's another one of those privileged class things. So even even in New Jersey, where hollow points are banned for, for regular self-defense use, cops are still carrying them. And it just doesn't seem right that the, that the uh, privileged class gets to have them and we don't. So I guess we're fixated again on the hollow point part, but uh, the, the other part of that question, the state bans. So uh, again, I was saying we could interchange the hollow point, potentially the armor piercing or the calibers or the, all the different things, you know, that a state might interfere with. Uh, is that really a, a unconstitutional thing? Is it unconstitutional well, to say you can't carry a firearm into a prison or you can't carry a firearm into the nuclear missile silo? Well, I wouldn't put it go that far. That well, I know I'm yanking it there, but I'm just kind of throw something out there that, like, you know, I, 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 most people take it to an extreme and say, are all every rule, you know, you got to get rid of every rule? I, I think it's unconstitutional because I, I don't think it should be. I think a bullet is made to kill, like, you know, for, for the most part. You know, if you're carrying self defense hollow point ammunition, you're trying to carry a bullet that's made to stop somebody here you know to whatever your situation and gun may be so you want the best that's available and when you try and restrict someone from that i mean why like why why would you want to restrict lessen someone's chance to defend themselves or their family that's what doesn't make sense to me because any bullet can still kill right it doesn't have to be a fucking hollow point plenty of people have died from every other bullet so what why I, I just don't, that just doesn't make sense to me. If you have to use your gun in a self-defense situation, you're more than likely trying to kill the person. I mean, that's when you use more, you use your gun. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I've never been trained or anything to wing somebody or to shoot someone in the leg. It's you pull your gun as a latch, that last ditch effort when everything else fails and you defend your life. And that's usually by taking someone else's life. So Right, like, but, by the same, but by the same token, you don't want to shoot the guy in back of him. Well, you know, the, one, one of the reasons people oh, yeah, use yeah, hollow exactly. points is because they they don't want, they they're trying to avoid the overpenetration of ball ammo. You know, if you shoot a reason, you know, a reasonable even a nine millimeter, if you shoot a nine mil a guy with a nine millimeter ball, you got a pretty good chance of getting it through him and hitting the guy in back of him or gal or kid or whatever. So the the whole the whole argument about the about the hollow point ammo it's twofold. It's yeah, you're trying to get as much energy to stay on your target, but you're also trying to avoid the problem of people. You know, if you're in a in a crowded situation, you don't want to be shooting the people in back of the guy either. 
Well, I just I don't get the part why the state would even get involved in being like, oh, this bullet that still can kill is okay, but this bullet that kills, you know, that that some can say kills worse or uh, maybe a little bit better or the same, anywhere in that range is somehow different. Like somehow, like this one's somehow magically different, even though the other one, the Full Metal Jacket, still made to kill. It can still kill somebody. Like I don't get that distinguishment between the two, whether it's hollow point or not. Both projectiles are can kill. Are you, are you asking like you're really interested? Like if they've had a scientific reason for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Like if like like what is there? I want to know their actual data. Like why? Well, I don't. Like, is it doctors that. from the ER saying like, oh, these wounds are like so. Yeah. You don't need that. Well, there's a movie called Full Metal Jacket, and so it scares people. It scares so they, it's. I mean, they don't do it for logical reasons, you know. They don't need to pass laws based on a bunch of scientific, you know. Uh, I think we should. I mean, like, I think that it, you know, might well, be a better way. Knows about no, stop. Come on. So, number one, you really want laws passed on scientific consensus, then you'd have global warming and you wouldn't have oil. So that's not true. So uh, again, laws are based off of, or the what the, the system of government we have is based on participation of the uh, the people. So you're asking why are they choosing this? They didn't just choose it out of thin air. Uh, they did it either with a political motive, and somebody thought they would gain some kind of political clout by bringing it up, or more than likely, a Bloomberg or somebody with an agenda petitioned it, brought it forward. Now again, those original ones were an opportunistic. Um, jump on a news article of the day and uh, the perception, the easily swayed perception back then when there was only television and information could only be disseminated from the television broadcasters. Uh, they completely uh, owned the message. Uh, back then it was uh, an opportunistic uh, ch uh, chance that was thrown in front of them. Same with uh, print, uh, not printed guns back then, but the Glock. It, they didn't sit around thinking, oh, wait, when this guy in Austria brings his plastic gun over here, we're going to get ready and we're going to say they, they can go through metal detectors. Somebody said something in a movie and then somebody repeated it in the floor of Congress. And then there's the, the uh, unidentified gun law. So uh, uh, these things aren't necessarily thought out strategically and like have science behind them. They're just politicians that are probably encouraged to do so by past performance, like because in the past they got political mileage from it, or they were asked to do it by somebody like a Bloomberg or a, I don't know, I've been doing some research and I'll have better answers here in about a two weeks, but uh, you know, by one of the anti-groups that at the time is, you know, the one being the big bully. And if they can, you know, have influence over the news articles of the day, then they can influence what the people are talking about around the water cooler and that's why the hollow points came up. But I think the reason that we don't see it very often, I mentioned it before, is that because it's not good science, they are safer, police use them. There's almost no justification for that anymore. So I don't know if there's any even states that have uh, laws like that. I mean, very few states must have them because I don't, I don't know if we talk about it very often. Yeah, New Jersey definitely has it. Okay. Which law are we talking about specifically? The well, ban on hollow points. Yeah. Ban on hollow points, okay. Yeah. And Midnight makes a, a really good comment out in the YouTube chat. He says, you know, don't don't forget that the uh, hollow points were banned in military use. So that could have very easily been a rally. Well, that was the Geneva oh, Convention, right? 
Uh, well, somebody said it was the Treaty of Versailles, but it was, but it was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's you know, it was right. something in there that 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 said all oh, these things are just they produce too horrific a wound to. Uh, but America well, never signed that. Like America, America never signed that. So we right. don't, we don't but I'm just saying, if you wanted a rallying point, if you were anti-gun and you didn't want hollow point rounds around, you could point to the fact that the rest of the civilized world doesn't allow them in Even wartime. In warfare, we're not allowed to use them. But you're not allowed to use guns either, so it's ridiculous. But you're right. That's uh, that. I'm sure that helped fuel it. But I don't think that was so early. I mean, that was a long time ago. That was a good point, though. I think that helped fuel it, but I don't think that instigated it, is I guess what I'm saying. No. no. Right now it says that there's 11 states that have bans on uh, armor-piercing ammo. I can't find anything about how many states are banned with hollow point. That's what I was gonna say. A state, or I mean, the hollow point might even be like city type of thing. Because I just don't think about all the times we've been in chats and the people from all the different states. We haven't had every state represented in live chats over the years, but a lot of them. And we don't almost ever bring up the hollow point ammo bans because I don't. What's really weird, and in that is in Hawaii, it's the full metal jackets that are banned in the hunting regs, and you have to have soft points or hollow points. <laughs> yeah, they do that in. A lot of states, actually, for rifle ammo. I don't know what the deal is there. I think they just didn't want us using tracers and ex-military ammo because they didn't want steel, I guess, out there. They just wanted another... Re uh, on the, oh, they, the it's ammo manufacturers. When you've got like World War One and World War Two levels of ammunition that were never even sent overseas or are coming in by the cargo containers... It, if you put up a law that says you can't use that that full metal jacket ammo for hunting, then you're forced to buy either take apart ammo and buy projectiles or buy full projectiles to hunt. So now we can blame the industry. Yeah, according to Google, there are 11 states that ban uh, that ban uh, hollow point uh, ammunition for self defense. No, if you, if you go into that, if you go into that, that hollow point turns into actually armor piercing and not hollow point. Mm. So even though it says hollow point at first, I fell for that. And I was like, wow, 11 states. And then once I clicked on it and went into it, then it was like, oh, no, it's actually armor piercing. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yep. You're right. There, It's another one of those bad titles. Yeah. Um, you know, like back in the, uh, you know, we've had hollow, basically hollow point ammunition going back hundreds of years, right? Like they were originally called like dum dums and stuff. So like it's not something new either. That's just been around since the eighties. Or I mean, hollow points have been around for a long, long time. And uh, you know, do you know what dum dums originally were? The dum dums are what you're talking about. Just an expanding bullet, right? No, yes. they were actually. I I thought dum dums were originally the. Uh, the uh, conical bullets rather than the round ball. Exactly. So basically when you had their muskets and you're shooting a round ball, you know, there's only so much compression between a cylinder and a edge of a uh, uh, globe, you know, whatever I'm trying to say. So I, uh, the ball. So uh, you turn it into a cone or the rocket ship shape, you know, like uh, the other, the, the bullet shaped muskets and you give it a hollow back. So not the front's hollow, but back's hollow. As that gas fills up, the pressure fills up, it pushes that that skirt against the the uh, rifling and is a more efficient 
bullet, it also is more what aerodynamic in the air. So it'll you know, that MNA ball, or yeah, I think that's the same thing. So I think that's what the original Dum Dums is because the company in Britain or wherever the hell it was, India, uh, it was called Dum Dum, and yeah, then then it started a company called Dum Dum. What's in India? Well, I heard. Well, I heard that's uh, why they originally got banned was because of the Dum Dums. That band came in for the Hague Convention or whatever. That uh, the banning of the Hollow Points. I thought the Dum Dums were like one of the driving forces for that ban. Well, I think at some point then the name got changed to like when you would cut a cut in the top of your bullet and it would turn it into a prefragmented. You know, it's really interesting. I was, I was talking on a bushcrafter chat to my friends in the UK and Scotland, and they were amazed that in that I could have like a pistol, which I showed them my Ruger LC9 as pro, and I with the crimson traces there. So there's, I was telling them because they had a, some new life dumb knife law where they can't post knives in the mail to each other or buy a knife through the mail. So uh, it was they couldn't. It was like didn't make any sense to them. So, so they said, Steve, so you can have. A pistol with hollow points, but you're not allowed to own a switchblade in Hawaii. It's like, yep, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I'm like, of course it doesn't. We can own a switchblade here. We just can't carry it. Yeah, Hawaii banned gravity knives, switchblades, and dirks. It was just funny because, yeah, they have a specific, I guess, sick uh, uh, uh Pre preconception about hollow points in Europe. So, well, and that's when I get. I think it's worth addressing some of these things and talking about them. Obviously, we're preaching the choir. We all have the same point of view and the same opinions about this stuff. But uh, if we just throw up our hands or you know roll our eyes and let them have it, then they win these little battles. And again, we don't get to pick our fights right now. One of the fights that we're having is the war of perception and the war of um, you know the culture so uh you know choosing to pick some of these things up and and take them uh, we i think ideally there's enough of us that we could be able to pick up literally every little issue and throw it right back at them and what happens when you get a whole bunch of people throwing a piece of paper at you it's distracting and annoying and you quit doing whatever you're doing so i think there's some validity there but even if a few people picked up a few of the things and started throwing it back to them uh there's the there's the uh facet of it that we're going to get better at throwing stuff back at them and getting better at deciding what to pick up and throw back and once again we get a few people who know how to throw stuff back at them uh, effectively and consistently um, then it's a that's a consequence to their actions and then they figure out oh we can go yell at uh, stairways that aren't regulated or swimming pools that don't have enough fences around them or something else that doesn't have a you know a bunch of advocates that have a constitutional amendment to protect our position uh, then they're going to go somewhere else. So I think there's there's usefulness in these discussions, even if it might, if it might seem futile, because we all agree on what we're doing. Uh, hopefully it's sparking ideas out there and uh, giving us, if nothing else, fuel for a conversation with somebody in real life out there. Do you think there is a diminishing return on what's called gunsplaining? Or, or we should just, I mean, what do you think about that? That's a good question. I, I think the way you're asking me the question is almost what we were talking about in ghost chat, at least my answer to what we were talking about in ghost chat earlier. And he was saying, what do we as gun to a content creators, uh, what obligation do we have to our audiences? And, and I said, well, what do we have to ourselves? And so to answer your question, uh, if it's useful to you, because for whatever reason, 
you've been getting a lot of questions and it's time to address them. Uh, if you think it's just been six months since you went back to basics, um, or for some reason you've got a, a nephew that when you make your videos, that's who you've got in mind when your nephew is going to be watching these, right? Your niece, right? Being gender biased. Um, then, you know, you might have all kinds of motivations to, to, to do those kind of things. But uh, if you're watching stuff and you're like, wow, this stuff is very basic and this stuff is very repetitive, then move along. Watch something else. Go watch something that you enjoy. I don't think uh, anybody needs to do anything. And if it becomes a burden, then you're going to, you know, you're not going to enjoy watching it and you won't be watching it when there's something valuable that you are interested in. And honestly, if it's something that somebody's putting out crap content, then quit watching it. And then they'll quit, they'll figure it out and they'll change their content or quit doing it at least. But there's no point in just uh, um, not doing something because you perceive that it's been done before. I think it's the opposite. I think that uh, keep doing everything over and over and over again. I had 3,600 videos up. And if you would have asked me a year ago, uh, why aren't I doing video XYZ? I'd say, because I already got that video up. Now you ask me now, I have 26 videos up. So I have to do everything over again, technically. Uh, so there is no permanency on the internet. Uh, so if you think, oh, that's been done before, you know, wait six months and see if those things that have been done before are still there. Or uh, if the person didn't- In the NSA out. archives. Huh? The permanency on the internet is in the NSA archives in Bluffsdale, Utah. <laughs> Google archives the internet, the internet wayback machine. Lots of people archive things for specific reasons. I archive things that I find interesting. Uh, let's talk about that. So we have to uh, move on to the next topic, and we're going to do a member of the day. Today it's going to be Dead Horse. I think we did you just the other day, but we're going to do it again because you got an awesome project that you've been championing. Championing uh, the I forget what you call it, but basically the uh, library of burning the burning of the library of Alexandria. And I'll let you explain it since I've been talking for a while, and uh, I think that's a good transition into that project. Um, I'm just trying to permanency on the make, internet. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to make people aware that you know YouTube is basically burning books, and when Caesar's conquest of uh, Alexandria, they burned that library down, and countless records and 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 science and philosophy and stories and literature was lost. And YouTube's doing the same thing right now because there's a lot of YouTube creators who might have passed away, who uh, might have uh, lost access to their YouTube channel for whatever reason. I mean, lots of stuff can go on. And there's a lot of great videos out there that are back in the early days of YouTube and stuff like that, that, you know, th those content creators are gone now, that if those videos get deleted and they get erased, they're gone forever. So I'm not asking everyone to go download like everything off the internet, off of YouTube, but pick, like if there's someone that you really like that isn't putting out content anymore and they haven't already actively pulled down their content and put it up on some of these other resources like YouTube and GunTube and Full30 or what whatnot, if they're if they're not doing uh doing that and they haven't been active in a while, download those videos because. Um, you know, I'm sure that if those people are passed away or whatever, as long as you're not like trying to profit off of it or whatever, they'd be more than happy with you because they originally put that out there to share information, right? That video. So I, I, I don't think there's a, a big deal about sharing that content as long as you do it in the right way um, from those lost YouTubers that, you know, like I said, it may have passed away or just gone now, lost access. Uh, share those videos, pull them down, keep them. Uh, you know, we can preserve them. We can create 
some sort of library to put those back up in or use these other resources. And because some of those videos were just irreplaceable. I mean, some of the first videos I ever watched on YouTube to this day are like, you know, some of the best videos. And I still go back to um, from time to time and for tips. And there, there's just, there's some content out there from some of these guys that, that is especially the older generation that might have been passed passed away now. But in the early days of YouTube, these guys were, you know, 60, 70 years old in the early days of YouTube sharing this knowledge that you can't get anymore. Like it's gone. I mean, you know, from that from that era of people. So, so I'm just trying to get everyone active, downloading your favorite YouTubers, um, you know, their, their fav your favorite videos from them, preserving them, um, keeping them in prosperity for to share with others later on. So there's this thing called 4K Video Downloader that got recommended to me, and I'll recommend it. I think you can pay for it, but I haven't paid for it yet. Yeah, I haven't needed to. So uh, you get a YouTube video like this one, and you just copy the URL, copy the link to it, and then you got this button here. All I got to do is click the button, and it just, it, since I've already copied it, it just took it. So it's a two-hour and a half uh, show from the other day. It's going to suck it down for a little while. And then once it figures out what it is, it'll let me decide what I want to pull down. So I can either pull down the video, the whole video, in, in different qualities or different uh, more qualities, I guess. And then I can pull down just the audio, which is what I'm using this software for, for doing the uh, podcasting. So you can pick a, a audio le a quality level, and it gives you a, an indication of how big the resulting file will be, depending on the bit rate or the quality of the audio. And then uh, you decide where you're going to put it, and you click Extract, and it'll just take a little time and pull that video down. And we're not rec we're not advising anything illegal or anything that would violate copyright, as Knights or as uh, I keep doing that, as Dead Horse said. But um, yeah, within legal and ethical and moral uh, use, then uh, 4K downloader, 4K video downloader, 4K and I think it was a website. I clicked on something in it. It's on my computer, so it's not some of these type of audio and video downloaders will use a URL. They'll just go through a website, and they might work. They don't always last for a long time. This one, people that it recommended to me said that it's you know been working for them solidly for months and months. So, uh, and it's software on your computer, so you don't have to worry about going through a website that might have a bunch of spam or adware or potential weird stuff. With regard to burning down libraries, it's just interesting to note when you're talking, using that as the context, because when Norman the Conqueror invaded Britain, I mean, after the Battle of Hastings, he burned he burned down all the libraries in Britain. Oh, yeah. The, the Nazis, uh, you know, they did the same thing, a lot of book burning, stuff like that. And we've lost too much uh, history to, to groups like that and YouTube's following suit as far as i'm seeing so i'm trying to catch it before it gets too far before we lose too much because we've already lost a bunch i don't know about you guys but i i have like playlists saved right of videos and every time i go to one of those playlists and i scroll through the videos it says deleted video deleted video and mm -hmm. these are videos that are 10 years old from youtube and stuff like i've had saved like like you know from the early days and stuff so they're already starting to go guys and so I'm trying to get everyone really proactive. Like if you're thinking about doing this, don't don't think about doing it next month. Like this is something you kind of got to get on now because every day I'm seeing it. I'm subbed over like 500 different 
uh, gun channels on YouTube and every day on my video list I'm seeing these channels disappear and videos get taken down and it's not by these guys I mean some of these guys haven't been active in five six seven years but their videos are being reported and taken down so um, yeah they're being black by various political and organizations but in, in, in what Norman the Conqueror the reason why he did it was because he wanted to completely replace the British culture with his own culture from you know you know a, a different the, the main continent he, and so that's he figured well if we burn down all the libraries then their culture will just disappear and then I can take over uh, and we yeah, that was one of the reasons that J.R.R. Tolkien actually wrote the Lord of the Rings as because they didn't have any allegorical uh, um I mean, whatever their tales were about uh, mythical stuff that were all destroyed when they burned down all the libraries. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting perspective on why you would want to go through and save uh, the videos that are important to you and I, and then post them at whatever other sites. Uh, yeah, if nothing else, it's an exercise in learning some more skills out there. And uh, it's, again, there's there, I don't know if we said it on this one or the other chats, in the two chats. Like, and even if you pull it down, even if you pull down a couple videos just for yourself, right? So right. to have for yourself that information, 10 years from now, that that might be a time that you decide, oh, hey, look, like I can't find this anywhere else on the Internet. I'm the only one that has this. Now I'm going to share it. Like so even later on, even if you don't feel comfortable, like right now, you know, putting it right back out on the Internet, download it for your if nothing else for yourself and save it for a little while to share later on. All right. So um, one of the things we like to do, one of the reasons we do the show on the daily is so we can feature a gun shop every day. And this one is a surplus store uh, sent in by uh, somebody from one of the emails. So we posted it over on Gun Shop Guide, and looks like it's in Flint, Michigan. So if Smeggy was here, he could tell us about it. And got some pictures they sent in. So I'm guessing they let them uh, take a pic uh, take a look at the store, or I mean, take pictures of the store. That looks like a pretty nice store. Look at all those patches and stickers and stuff, too. I don't see that a lot in gun stores, actually. Well, that's the thing. That's why surplus stores are so good because, yeah, this is the kind of inventory and stuff that, yeah, they're never going to sell enough in a gun shop to keep the you know, keep the real estate for it. And military stores have kind of been uh, getting less and less. I don't know about you guys, but I think we only have about one decent one left here in the whole valley. Yeah, they're definitely – I don't think they'll ever disappear because we've got – you know, military. We've got people that leave the services, so they're always going to have stuff. And then most military stores, most military surplus stores, have turned into outdoor stores like this. So they have a bunch of backpacks that are never, you know, they're not used. And uh, they so they become sort of that step between an outdoor store and a hardware store, is what I'd call them. You know, they've got stuff that you might want to keep in your vehicle that, are, you know, it's too rugged for a camping store. You know, they only have the actual camping, camping stuff. And then it might be a little bit too, you know, not hardware store enough for a hardware store. You know, some of that kind of stuff is usually what a surplus store is going to have. And uh, unless you're talking about like a big box uh, for Armand Fleet or something like that kind of store, um, 
I think they're gonna hold, they're they're gonna be around for that. And then this kind of thing. Big Here. retail apocalypse that's been happening uh, as far because just the internet stores have been, you know, taking out brick and mortar stores wholesale. I mean, I like troll sportsman guides milsurp category like because <laughs> it's just so here. that's one store and yeah i mean i've been to the um the yearly um what they call i guess you call it a trade show uh for the surplus stores where the suppliers from overseas from europe mostly but others uh will come in and they sort of have a booth set up kind of like a trade show well it's like a, it is a trade show but kind of like a shot show or something uh, it'll kind of look like little tiny surplus stores over and over and over again. They'll have like, instead of a, a whole six of something or whatever, they'll have just one of everything, but they'll have just this big assortment of things. And then the surplus stores come in and they decide what they're going to buy and they get, you know, I'm going to buy a million of these or a hundred of these or a thousand of these and they get some kind of deals. What's the name of the show? It had a bunch of letters. It's right before SHOT Show in Vegas. It's like the weekend before SHOT Show. I don't know why everybody doesn't go to it. They're just lazy. But it's uh, it's also super boring, I guess, if you're not into, like, military surplus stuff and all that. But anyway, I so that's... walk up and down the aisles until I collapsed. <laughs> there's no aisles. It's like a giant room in a hotel. So it's not like a giant event. It's in, it's actually also what I was getting at is it's that's the big show for the year. So most of the buyers aren't going over. They don't have the money to go over and just do tours of Europe and have cargo containers at the docks, you know, that they have couriers dragging stuff over to as they go on buying, you know, trips through the warlords caves and stuff. That's what it used to be like. But now the warlords have figured out how eBay works or whatever, and they just send cargo containers of stuff over once people have ordered it. So uh, like I say, I've been to the, the, the places where, uh, the surplus stores are all getting their stuff, and you're saying the big box stores are putting them out of business. Now, yeah, like a giant surplus store can come in and buy, like, you know, all the product, let's say. Like if there's a cool new flashlight that came out of some country, and, you know, some some store could probably buy them all just to be a dirt jerk, but that's capitalism. Uh, but everybody's got an opportunity to go to that show. And what I was getting at is when you're buying something on Amazon, it's not like Amazon owns all that stuff. A lot of that stuff that's coming on Amazon is coming out of a little shop like this one in Flint, Michigan, who has it, piles of it on the shelf. And they figured out that, hey, not enough people walk in here for me to sell these things by the dozen. But if I bought them by the dozen, they'd be a lot cheaper. But hey, if I use Amazon to facilitate my sales, now I'm offering it to people all around the world. And I can offer it a little cheaper than the other shop down the way. And I'm not saying that's perfect, but it's not like every little shop is going out of business. That did happen when I was part of the whole like wave of Barnes and Noble and Borders taking out the little bookstores. But that was back in the little days of the Internet. Uh, now, I think the Amazon and stuff, there's little shops that are in business because of Amazon and eBay. So the big box stores still dominate, but I don't think they've got it. I don't think they're going to win. They don't, it's not a given. I think the name of the show is Army Navy Military Expo, ANME. That could be it, yeah. And it looks like they go to Vegas a couple of times a year. Oh, it's more than once. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the retail apocalypse has also to do with, I mean, it's the their stores are, call, are closing and basically commercial space is just going unrented in malls and stuff. Uh, I mean, just generally. 
And so we have a shit economy for a bunch of years. Let the economy cook for a bit and not just be coming back up to where it used to be, but let it start growing again. And uh, well, I don't want to start talking economics because I'll put everyone to sleep. So, yeah, we'll stop mm-hmm. it. So that was the gun shop today. Uh, Hubbard's military surplus in uh, Flint, Michigan, or I guess it's military supply. And uh, cycle, you just got done going to the one in Tulsa. Just from looking at these picks, if you're looking, um, what do you think? Any comparison? Oh yeah, that, that that's a great that's a great little shot. I would the, say the, that one, the, one, the one in Tulsa, the uh, the Tulsa uh, the Tulsa uh, Tulsa Army surplus, that was a nice store, and this but this one looks just as well set up. I was gonna say the one in Tulsa had like a whole section of scrubs and like dickies and that kind of uniforms, where it doesn't. If this is the whole shop, then it looks like this one is just more your surplus and your um, like ribbons and uh, badges and stuff, not so much the um, like a ton of boots or work pants and that kind of thing. Yeah, Tulsa had a, a little bit more varied inventory, and it looks like maybe if we're seeing the whole picture, the whole shop here, I'm thinking th- the Tulsa one's by three times the size, so it had a little more square foot to play with, but uh. That's our shop today. If you got a shop, you can always email them to us, dailygunshow at gmail.com, and uh, we'd be happy to feature them. It's the whole point of the show, or big point of the show. With that, we can uh, move into the gun history, I guess. And I have not even looked at it yet. So we have a cheat sheet that I use uh, that has sort of day in history stuff. Somebody, did the Dead Horse, did you send me something about today? Yeah, I did, about the first uh, patent on a machine gun. Well, and I don't know if that's probably not going to be in my list. Oh, Hiram Maxim? Oh, no, yeah. James Puckle. Uh, May 15th, oh, gun. Yeah. James Puckle, a London lawyer, patents the world's first machine gun. So 1718, man, world's first machine gun. So, 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 so when I just remember, so when they say, when people try and say that the Constitution didn't include machine guns, well, before the Constitution was ever even written, like machine guns were already out. And, and that means they were at least known, maybe not well known, but at least somebody must have heard of them, right? Yeah, it was oh, not known technology. That George Washington would have liked to have a squad of soldiers equipped with them. So I'm just going through here. There's literally nothing good. The first Academy Awards were held in 1928 today. Oh, this is neat. I've seen this movie before. 1943, a specially trained and equipped Royal Air Force squadron destroys two river dams in Germany. That's that movie where they have to like skip those bombs right up to the dam, and then they sink and blow up. Yeah, those bouncing uh, dam busters. Yeah. So that happened today in 1943. Um, the attack happened today. Okay. Mm, yeah, today is the day they wild on those dams. Today they killed the Nazi dams. But uh, we have real gun history. So if I jump over to guncalendars.com, which is our website where we keep all our gun history tidbits, um, it is the anniversary of a shitty one, really. The uh, 1939, what's it called? I have to scroll down. So I want to say Miller. There he was, Miller. Uh, United States versus Miller, May 15th, 1939. This is the Supreme Court case that um, basically 
what, reinforce the 1934 National Firearms Act, uh, validating that it does not violate the Second Amendment? Or, yeah, wasn't that the one about the shotgun? Yeah, it was with the shotgun. So it's a tough one, and nobody ever talks about it. So it's one of those ones that's I'm really wish I had more time to to dig into this. It's one of the things I'm working on. Now. U.S. versus Miller. Yeah. So uh, right, what, he had a shot off shotgun, and somehow that became a criminal case. And then it got to the point where is the is the 1934 NFA constitutional? And then I guess the way this came down was, yes, <laughs> I guess. And then they based every other firearms law on it. So that's just, that's the gist that I have. I'm no scholar. So that's one of the things I'd like to get, you know, some of the writers, some of the researchers, some of the people that are more familiar with this stuff, lawyers. Who to, was the chief justice at the time of the Supreme right? Court? I have no idea. Well, the, the that, that one was a two-edged sword, if it's the one I'm thinking of. Because the guy, uh, the guy was trying to defend the use of a sawed-off shotgun, and what basically what the Supreme Court ruled was that since it was not a weapon used by the military, it was not covered by the Second Amendment. But conversely, that what that should have said was, citizens are entitled to have any weapons that are in use by the military. Well, and in, in fact, I brought that point up. I brought that point up during the bump stock legislation uh, when we were talking about that with uh, with our judiciary committee. Yeah, says, well, attorneys for the United States argued four points. So it was the U.S. versus Miller, and like yes. I think you summarized it well. That the guy was saying, "What are you talking about? This we should be able to have everything because of what you just said." So this says that the Supreme Court heard the case. Attorneys for the United States argued four points. The NFA is intended as a revenue collecting measure and therefore within the authority of the Department of the Treasury. The defend number two, the defendants transported the shotgun from Oklahoma to Arkansas and therefore used it in interstate commerce. Number three, the Second Amendment protects only the ownership of military weapons appropriate for use in an organized militia. Holy shit, it says number three. I'll repeat that again. The yeah. Second Amendment protects only the ownership of military-type weapons appropriate for use in the organized militia. Then number four, the double-barrel 12-gauge shotgun having a barrel less than 18 inches uh, was never used in any militia organization. So it says neither the defendants nor the legal counsel appeared at the Supreme Court, and a lack of financial support and procedural irregularities prevented counsel from traveling. Miller was found shot to death in April before the decision was rendered. <laughs> what, what, what a shock. But, but here's North. something. I mean, didn't the Marines use shotguns? Uh, I mean, I know they fired buckshot. It had to be 1939. It had to be pre-1939, so it doesn't matter what they did in World War II. No, but, I mean, in the Revolutionary War, they, the Marines used buckshot. Oh, well, that's a good question. I have no idea. Yeah, but the question was, were they using were they using uh, sawed-off barrels too? So twelve gauge shot-off barrel, exactly. They were using smooth bore smooth bore guns. All right, so there's the decision on May fifteenth today, nineteen thirty nine. The Supreme Court, in an opinion, here you go, by Justice McReynolds, held the National Firearms Act as applied to one indicted for trans. Okay, whatever. It held that number one, not unconstitutional 
as an invasion of the reserved powers of the states. So it's not the this case is not or the second amendment. Wait, the 1934 NFA is not constitution, not unconstitutional because it's an invasion of the reserved powers of the states, citing some fucking case. Um, the conclusion was in the favor of the NFA. So the NFA can stand because it's not unconstitutional as an invasion of the reserved powers of the state. And then there's a number two. Number two, it's not vi not viola I say violative. Not right, does, does not violate. Yep. Does not, yeah, not, does not violate of the Second Amendment of the federal constitution. So it's saying it doesn't violate the second amendment, but I guess the reasoning is that it's doesn't violate the second because it is a reserved power of the state or no, because the state doesn't get that power. Yeah. That's lawyer back and forth. I don't know. If yeah, I can see I'm going to be reading when I get back to Hawaii, I'm going to be reading like this case and all the amicus briefs for like a month until I figure it out. <laughs> One of the things I'd really like to do is um, instead of, you know, I'm out, ever get out of this damn situation where I'm switching my or chasing my tail and can get back to something where I can actually plan strategically doing some content and some uh, projects is when something like this is about to hit the calendar, we've done, we've had time to know that it's coming and maybe, three weeks ago, get ready for today and everybody takes a look at it and we discuss it and maybe even have like a lawyer or somebody on. But um, till then, we'll just continue to talk about these items. Uh, this is definitely one that if you're creating content, you can go nuts with this one. There's a lot to, to get involved in this one. It's really weird. We kind of touched on it right now. Uh, if you know people who are into the lawyer stuff, the legal things and whatnot, I would think this would be a super interesting one to bring up. I think there's some angles in there. I think that it's not necessarily the linchpin. I can't say that I know enough about it to suggest that, but I like angles and I like phrase the same way that the antis like to fracture us and they like to find angles to screw with us. I like to think that's one of them. It seems to me. You can't appeal a Supreme Court case. <laughs> there's nowhere to appeal it to. I don't care. You can laugh at it all you want, but they're going to use perception. We don't have to play by our rules. We can play by the same rules they use. And if they can, come up with a thing that says if the military can't, then we can say, well, then if they can't there, then why can't we here? So anyway, I'm saying there's there's some, some potential there since it's such a, a convoluted one and it's in such a, I think, a strategic place. Like I say, it, it validates the 1934. If we could remove that, does that make the 1934 vulnerable? certainly be nice to have a bunch of legal piranhas nibbling at the 1934. I don't think Bloomberg would be coming after universal background checks if machine guns were back on the table. <laughs> Potentially, right? He'd be yeah. worried about that. Oh, he'd be... I don't know what to say about Bloomberg. He defies explanation. Well, then we won't bother. So uh, that was the gun history, so hopefully that's interesting for you. And now we can talk about on movie. And we don't have a movie. Instead, we got a podcast. And it's called Guns in USA, Voices of We the People by Tom Matthews. Anybody heard of this one? No, I have not. I don't think so. Um, this one says, an archive of voices currently being recorded across the United States for the documentary project Guns in USA. 
Um, one speaker per recording, communicate your perspective in a calm manner using clean vocabulary without attacking groups or individuals with hatred. Each person's perspective identifies a piece of America's complex gun puzzle. What clear picture do these uh, collective voices assemble in these, I should say, should also be screen sharing this. Like a third grade class. So anyway, you could read this yourselves. But you get the point. He basically has a podcast. This guy, Tom Matthews, has a podcast where people participate. I'm all about that, right? So this one's an attorney, is the president, whatever. It doesn't matter where. Parents' responsibility is the general view. I think it's really cool. It looks like it's coming up. Hasn't had one since uh, February, but it looks like it goes up in spurts, right? Two, three, four, five, six. Uh, he does them when he has time, probably. So we were talking on uh, kind of turned into a content creator type of discussion a little bit on one of the earlier chats. And there's definitely people out there when you talk to them, everything they do, and I'm probably like that a lot of the time, everything you do as a business or everything you do is uh, got a goal. But a lot of the people are just doing stuff because it's interesting or they want to have the thing exist. You know, it's not necessarily all for the the glory are all for the cash. So this looks like something that he's doing just to, like that we were kind of saying before, archive interesting gun-related stuff. So it's on iTunes. This link here is in the description of the video. I'll drop it over here in case you guys want to check it out. This is iTunes is weird. So you can go to this link, and it'll just take you to this website, and you will not be able to do anything except see it. And then if you want to listen to the actual podcast you have to like go to iTunes and I think that means you have to download the software on your computer honestly it's been a long time since I did it but I think that's how it works right you have to click this button it'll open up the iTunes software if you have it if you don't you'd have to download it and then you'd have to find it again and then download the individual ones and listen to them um, but you could also take the title of this and go over to like Stitcher or one of the other uh, podcast uh, distribution systems out there that are made for the Androids, the regular phones, and they're not, you know, restrictive like iTunes where you have to use their proprietary stuff. So uh, we're putting them out here with these links, uh, but we're not necessarily suggesting you have to go use iTunes. So be creative. If you can find this, maybe he's got a YouTube channel. I don't know. Uh, I can't say I've ever listened to it. I just was looking around iTunes, and this looked like one of the very interesting projects I saw. So that's what we're talking about for our gun of the day. I'm guessing nobody's heard it or listened to it, but what do you guys think of that concept? I'm definitely going to check it out. That sounds like something to at least go, you know, see what it's about. I'm definitely interested. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Again, something that looks like it might be indexed better than just uh, YouTube videos. That is true. I never thought about that, but the uh, podcast a lot of times, especially people that know what they're doing, Kind of get sophisticated and their titles will describe what's going on in there and uh i'd notice on itunes at least it's actually horrible except for chronologically there's almost no way to sort or in, you know find so if you've got somebody who's a real um productive podcaster you'll have to scroll there's maybe there's a way to search i'm not going to say i'm a wizard at mac anymore but uh the stitcher seems to be a little bit easier to deal with it's more like uh a music platform like you're like well i would expect you know you, you can search for people a little easier and anyway um but uh i don't know about archiving them it might be the same way 
I don't know if there's playlists. Some of these um, feeds and things let you put categories in them, so it's possible that some of the podcasting platforms, the delivery platforms, might give you a, a way to create playlists or category feeds or something, so you can, um, you know, like we could filter the Wednesday show out with the uh, the hashtag Daily Gun Show uh, showdown into a separate category so somebody could look for just those or filter them out if they didn't want to watch those. All right, so Bandito saying he'd like to get one of them patches with the 1911. Head to our link in the description. I'll click on the thing so everybody can see how easy it is. Just go to the more info on YouTube and go down to wherever the link is to our show. Oh, we don't even have a link to our show? Yeah, great. So uh, I guess I have to edit that. But anyway, you can go to anywhere. Go to the one over on gun channels here. And there should be a thing here somewhere so you can go buy it. Oh, it's horrible. So that's a good question. 1911. So your websites. You can find it over there. Speaking of 1911s, um, basically I've, my dad told me a story of that he went to a gun shop to buy a 1911 uh, 22 years ago or something, and a customer there talked him into buying a Glock 30, and that's the one I'm going to be carrying in Arizona. <laughs> so, uh, you carried before? Me? Yeah. Uh, not where it was legal. <laughs> I've illegally done it. <laughs> but... Um, actually legally carried now i mean i've got an sg stealth gear the stealth gear usa holster and i just need to loosen the screws like dead horse recommended on it so it'll it's like a kydex vent core combo and no i haven't uh you know i've gone to a state where it's legal to carry i mean i've carried before but well, i feel like we wouldn't be doing anybody a service here if we didn't mansplain carry into this guy when are you going to be in arizona uh, driving over on the 17th, and so get in late to Prescott late. Uh, right on. So in a few days, you're going to be visiting the mainland, is what you people call it. Free state. You're going to be uh, driving over to the free land in the mainland, and uh, that's awesome. So you're going to have a pistol, and then you'll uh, be a legal, uh, you know, the legal person who's legal to possess. Which means in Arizona with constitutional carry, you can carry any way you want. Um, what are you planning on doing? Do you already have a holster? Yeah, it's I'm I, what I've got is my Glock 17 Stealth Gear USA holster. It's like a, a little Kydex thing that the, the just a tiny piece of Kydex cut out that's fitted to a Glock 17 that's kind of on a uh, uh, on like, like a, a clip, right? Well, no, it's an inside the waistband. It's it's on a like a, a cloth vent core you know, cloth material that kind of goes inside up against your skin, and it just clicks into the Kydex, uh, holds it into place, uh, and as far as to the into the holster, and yeah, two clips go you know hold the whole holster onto your belt or waistband or whatever. And I just need to loosen the screws that hold the Kydex into place because the Glock Thirty has a wider slide than the Glock 17. So I need to do some work on that tomorrow. I have a backup holster if I had a problem, just to, but it's an inexpensive one that's not as good. Well, the good news is you're going to be in Prescott, so there's like 
you can't really you couldn't you couldn't throw that gun and it would land in a gun shop's parking lot. So <laughs> have plenty of opportunities there. So that's cool. So enjoy your uh, constitutional freedom. Yeah, it's just carrying oh. a symbol of freedom. Oh. I'm not like Wyatt. I'm not Wyatt Earp or anything. I'm just symbol of freedom carried because it's as a symbol of freedom, really. So they're saying that the patch is sold out. I saw that. So I dropped the link anyway. I'll, uh, I think I have more. So I'll go update the store with whatever we actually have. And then uh, we'll put them on the list to get them made next time we're doing stuff. But appreciate the people that are interested. We do have some stickers, I believe, over, over there as well. So, yeah, we appreciate the people that support the, the show. And uh, I should probably do more commercials like that. Moon or uh, Ghost had a, uh, like, a commercially just played, like I do the uh, intro. Right? I need to do that eventually. It's only 500 shows. We should probably do a commercial at some point. Maybe before 600, we'll have commercials. <laughs> I don't make any money or anything, though. It'd be boring. I don't know what to do with all that money. So, anyway, that was our movie of the day. Uh, Long-winded uh, podcast turned into some other stuff. And, yeah, your constitutional carry adventure. That should be cool. So, um, yeah, I'm going to stand in front of the Ruger factory with the Glock. 14 miles, or it's 14 uh, miles per gallon far away because the cop car's not running. So, um, yeah, I'll uh, keep in mind, and I got your stuff, so we'll... Uh, if I can't get up there, we'll have you on or something to uh, give us a live on the spot report of what it's like to constitutionally carry. Yeah, well, I'll be happy to share whatever information I have. Um, if I could figure out, I think I could get my cell phone to work on Hangouts, but don't ask. I've never done it before. I mean, so this yeah, we'll is ancient. It's a Galaxy 3, so. There'll probably be cell phones in Prescott also. <laughs> At least you don't have to worry about the plane blowing up when you fly over with it. Well, we're driving. So <laughs> I already made it to California, which is where I am now. Oh, oh, you are in California. Okay. Well, welcome to the mainland. So I wanted to take a second since we're kind of talking about plugging stuff and I don't do it enough. I do want to thank somebody bought $26 worth of stuff off of someplace off of this link here, either off of Palmetto or Brownells. I didn't pay attention. But uh, that 26 buck was... What is that? It's like a buck ten or something. So we don't get anybody clicking on that link. So that might have been like the third time somebody clicked on that link. So do appreciate it. We don't have a lot of ads on gun channels. That's the ad basically. I stuck it there because people asked about it and then no one clicked on it till yesterday. So thanks whoever the hell clicked on it. Appreciate it. It really you know, every little buck adds up. All right, that's enough commercials. Um, I think we're about done. So today's Tuesday. That means it's Wednesday tomorrow. We'll be doing early watch in the morning. Knives usually runs a live show over on Gun Channel, so if you like this type of format, imagine this happens 20, almost 24 hours a day on Gun Channels. Uh, HVS just jumped uh, over from a live chat that was going on. I think Dead Horse did too. Um, after this, there's probably two of them happening. Uh, like I say, tomorrow we'll do an early watch where we get together uh, with Tony from Illinois, and for about two hours each morning, uh, we talk about news of the day and get his interesting perspective on it. He's uh, been around the block a few times, and uh, he's got his own uh, flair. Uh, interesting show. And then we uh, take a look at what's been happening on the gun channels. Then we open it up to whoever wants to jump in. We talk about guns for a bit. And then people kind of disperse to start their days. 
we uh, have Knives, like I said, who has the live chat open over there somewhere around the afternoon time. Uh, evening on the East Coast, the live shows will start up, and tomorrow's Wednesday. So if we look at the calendar, which is at the top right of every uh, page on Gun Channels, we can see that uh, Rick's will be starting off with his Shooting into the Disabled show, uh, and then Clover does his Next Generation shooting with uh, the kids, and then Never Enough Ammo does his uh, politics show. I think somebody was talking about doing one after Matt, so I don't know if that was Ellis or not. Then, of course, we'll be back here, same time, midnight Eastern. I don't know where all my hosts went, so I don't know if I suck at being like oh, we're here. of we're the here. show. I demand a certain level of respect, so I guess they've all left. <laughs> but uh, I do appreciate you guys jumping in because it is boring. My shows go about five minutes if I'm just here by myself. So I do like to cover the gun shops. That is the goal of the show. So having some other stuff around to give the gun shops a little bit of you know useful show to exist in is really appreciated. So thanks, you guys, for jumping in. Thanks to the 35 people watching right now at the end. That's pretty awesome for our show. Awesome. And uh, for the people that are watching, I don't think we've gotten any comments on iTunes yet, but uh, those are valuable. That's the way iTunes uh, decides what they're going to recommend to other shows out there. There's a big gun uh, presence on iTunes. So if you go over there to like our show, we appreciate it. But then check out the other stuff. It'll start recommending things to you. Uh, we Like Shooting is one that used to be over here on Gun Channels you might be familiar with. Uh, Gun Funny is the is Eva. She's the daughter of Dragon Man. You definitely want to thumb up her show. And then uh, check out some of the other ones. We've been talking about some of them here. But uh, if you find some that are cool, let us know. Because uh, we really do want to get some podcasters over to Gun Channels. Ed Horse says he has a quote of the day. Right on. Well, when we get to that part, are we there? Are we there? You ready for it? Knock yourself out. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I think we're just about wrapped up. Unless HBS, do you got anything coming up? You're traveling. Are you doing anything? No, I have to. I I I'm not expert enough to host shows while I'm traveling. So unfortunately, I had to like for the ne for the next two weeks. I'm just no lock and load show on Mondays. Sorry, guys. But are you I'm doing it. Anybody shows though? So, and it's been quite an experience. I have, uh, you know, if you ever need somebody to just fill dead air, I can babble on about nothing for like hours. So, but I have a lot of great people that actually come on Lock and Load Show on Monday. And uh, I guess I, I couldn't believe, I think Dead Horse said he actually watched every one of my shows and I practically fainted dead away. <laughs> I can't and actually, I do that for most it. channel guys. I, I don't always get to watch them live, but since I don't watch regular TV, like that's pretty much what I watch is, you know, firearm and pro two A stuff. And plus I was just mentioning the other day, actually in a lobby about your shows about how uh, you have a lot of good content about like, you know, Bitcoin, the stock market stuff I don't know about. So I actually learned some stuff because you're, you're pretty into that. Right. So you're basically sharing your knowledge with me and I can appreciate that. Well, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, to talk about that stuff on air though. Cause it's, this is really gun channels. It's not Bitcoin channels, but I, so I try and when people ask me off air. I talk to them about it. If they want to know about it. Well, I'm telling you publicly, I really value your show. I like that. It brings people in that are preppers and the people that are doing different interests besides just guns, gun channels is to unite us on the content or the, you know, the content of guns. But um, yeah, I appreciate it. And the, the amount of, I mean, you've been doing that consistently for what, three years now. Yeah, it's amazing how time flies. Yeah, so again, appreciate that. And thanks for jumping in. Have a good trip, and definitely enjoy your constitutional carry, man. 
But uh, I'm sure you'll be jumping into chats, no? From Prescott, uh, uh, they have good internet there. They definitely have good internet there. Well, I, I hope to, I know I'm going to bring my camera and film a lot of stuff. If I if you know, my folks are also looking at buying some. Going to be looking at some houses. We want to go visit the Palace Saloon, and you know, just go to J and G Sales, eh? J and G Sales is in Prescott. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll make a point of it. I got stuff from the show. I have an assignment list from this show: USA versus Miller, J and G Sales, uh, Guns of the USA, Voices of the People. Anything else I have to do? <laughs> Get blood. There you go. All right. <laughs> so again, appreciate everybody for uh, uh, participating. Like I say, it's an effort in new media, and uh, yeah, awesome. So night straight or fucking the hell. Did it again? Yeah. What it is? It's a little, <laughs> We're all the same. It doesn't matter what you call us. Anyway, thanks. So uh, I I got a quote here from uh, pretty much one of my favorite gun guys ever. Jeff Cooper. So this is a little bit of a long one, but all the people constitute the militia, according to the founding fathers. Therefore, a, every able-bodied man has a duty under the Constitution to become part of the well-regulated militia, specifically to understand and perform well with the individual weapon currently issued to the regular establishment. Thus, one who has not qualified himself with the M16 may not be considered to be a responsible citizen. Shoot, all I have is a Tavor. <laughs> the guys and gals of gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com. Wait, does the AK count? <laughs> Only if you want to get in trouble for the Russian influence.